You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeated the Maryland Terrapins by a score of 74-64 to to end a long five-game losing streak in the Big Ten. The win uh, elevates Indiana's record to 17-10 overall and 8-9 and in the conference. I'm your host, uh, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Kathy Amos and Ryan Phillips, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. So let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And for me tonight, the banner moment was uh, being able to respond to the Maryland runs. So there were two key uh, moments in the second half where uh, the start of the second half, Maryland hits a three to tie the game 30-30 to after a a poor end to the first half that saw Indiana give up a 10-point lead. And at that point, all of the thoughts of knowing how to win could creep back into the team, but they responded and pushed the lead back up to 10. But Maryland has been playing some good basketball recently, and Fats Russell was having a game, and a few shots later, the lead once again got back down to three, but Indiana found a way to win again and stretched that lead out back to eight and ten and kept it there for most of the second half and then won in the last four minutes when they have had some trouble executing in late-game situations. They weren't in a pressure situation and were able to pull out the 74-64 to win. A lot of individual moments that we'll talk about for sure uh, throughout the show uh, could also have been the banner moments. Uh, but for a team that has struggled knowing how to win, uh, this team handled a couple of Maryland runs like good teams should by uh, doing the little things right and putting a ball in a basket and getting a nice 10-point lead. Uh, so uh, our banner moment is, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. As you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. What could be better than that? Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man and get some opening thoughts for uh, the rest of our team. Uh, Ryan, uh, you got a rant or a, a rumination or a revelation, or what do you got for us tonight? Tonight it was all about Xavier Johnson. Uh, let's give him the, the credit he deserves. Uh, he came out. I tweeted two minutes into the game, this is a different Xavier Johnson. Like He just looked focused and determined, and uh, there was just uh, – you know, you talk about players being locked in, and, and that's what he was, and it just looked like he had this other level of focus tonight that we haven't seen over the last couple of days. You know, his grandfather died, and he's, he's really been out of it, but, uh, you know, I'm sure that has affected him, of course. Uh, but tonight he was 
he was everything you want uh, an upperclassman point guard to be. 24 points, 7 of 7 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3-point, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. That late free throw he missed kept him from being perfect. I'm sure it's going to eat him up. You saw him almost punch the ball when he missed it. Uh, one rebound, six assists. He had three turnovers. One of those was just – you know, late in the game, trying to be razzle dazzle, threw it right out of bounds. Uh, you know, so n- none of the turnovers were particularly egregious uh, and a steal. And he did all that. He had 24 points in 27 minutes. Uh, he was what you expect, what you want him to be tonight. And and quite frankly, he could even be a notch below that. And Indiana still wins. And and it's and, and that's the thing when he is rolling. Indiana is so much better when he can get into the lane and and cause the defense to collapse. Mike Mike Woodson's offense is so reliant on ISO ball and 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 you know driving from the point that if he can get into the lane and actually get past that first level of the defense, it opens everything else up. You saw Parker Stewart; uh, he hit him for a couple threes just by breaking down the defense. Now Stewart was one for six from three, but you're getting him open looks, and and I think Cop had one as well. I mean, he only made five threes in this game, and three of them were, were Johnson, but he was attacking so much. You scored 44 points in the paint, and most of that was because Johnson was throwing the defense off. You're also getting great post entries to, to race Thompson and, and all of that, but you're really seeing when he is at his best, the level he takes Indiana to. And, and Indiana looks like a much better. Now, again, this was Maryland, uh, but at the same time, when he plays with that kind of confidence and focus, we've seen Indiana be a different team. And so – we talk about Race Thompson, you know, and Jared is finally giving me my props in a minute. It's that Race Thompson is the most important player on this team because of what he provides. You could easily make the argument that Xavier Johnson is right there with him. When he is at an elite level, Indiana is a different basketball team. And maybe he came in with confidence because they were playing Maryland, not a top 25 team. But if he can carry this over and just be the point guard, the star point guard, this team's fortunes change and and they just do. And in Indiana's best performances this year, Xavier Johnson has been at his best and and that's what needs to continue. I mean, they're up there. They got their backs against the wall. They are up against it to make the NCAA tournament. You know, today's win, not going to move the needle a whole lot. It's a quad three win, but you need to take this and build on it towards the next game. When you go to, when you go to Minnesota and then take it home against Rutgers, Rutgers is a team that can, Beat anybody in the in the Big Ten. They've proven that this year. So you have to win these next two games. And then you probably got to take one down in the Big Ten tournament too. Uh, so I, I would just say that Xavier Johnson over these next three games and then in the Big Ten tournament has to be at his best. Has to absolutely be at his best and carry this over. We'll come back and talk about X a little bit more. Uh, totally agree with with. with that outstanding uh, performance. And joining us uh, is the famous uh, host of the Doing the Work podcast of the IU Women's Basketball Program, Kathy Amos, uh, the Amos Angle with Kathy. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah. Hey, thanks for thanks for letting me crash your party tonight, guys. Um, hey, welcome to February winning. Hey, doesn't <laughs> it feel good? <laughs> Finally. You know, it, was, it was a must needed win for, for us. Clearly, everyone, I think, um, that pays any attention to Indiana basketball or Big Ten basketball knew this was an absolute must win coming into it, and they got the job done. And, and the thing that impressed me the most, I thought, was obviously Xavier, which Ryan um, articulated very well in his play and what we really needed from him. And that was with sitting most of the first half, right, with with the two fouls, one reach, and that was kind of just a silly reach and foul that he didn't need to do. 
Um, but boy, he really came out and turned it on the second half. But I thought the whole team did in the second half. You know, they missed their first two shots in that second half and they ended up making their next 12 field goals in a row. Uh, we shot 75% field goal percentage in that second half. Um, if you would say we thought 75% from the free throw line, we'd be ecstatic, but let alone field goal percentage an entire half. I, I thought that was just, it, it was just really nice to see. Um, clearly things that can still be cleaned up um, from the second half, but I really thought in particular, the team came out and did, as you mentioned, coach, the things that they needed to do to get this job done. Um, and they did it as a team as well. So I know we'll break it all down when we get into the stats, so I, I won't talk too much about that. But um, just overall, I thought it was a great win and absolutely necessary. And um, hopefully then we can take it up to the barn with us. And, and there's a couple storylines I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on. Uh, one is the offensive movement. Uh, we, we've been talking about uh, movement. Uh, it's been in the community about sets versus actions versus just moving people uh, helps the offense. And I thought tonight – that was one of the the better uh, performances of offensive movement uh, that we've seen of this Indiana Hoosier team. And and all of a sudden, you're getting shots. In the first half, Indiana missed some shots, some wide-open shots, especially, yep. especially in that last five minutes, yep. a couple wide-open threes. Uh, yep. And so the game was a little tight because it was just shot-making. And then Xavier got going, and there wasn't as much need for some of that movement because he was playing well. But then they also they did some things, Ryan, some UCLA cuts into flex late to secure post-ISO. They ran uh, all kinds of circle motion where they would cut the inside cuts and so people were moving a lot tonight. dribble handoffs dribble yeah. handoff weaves I, I mean I wrote down almost every one of their actions and yes they relied on the post feed but they were doing some movement off the post feed yes they relied on the middle ball screen but you saw Xavier Johnson reject or not take the screen and take uh, and go downhill and create a layup for himself and one of those threes to Parker that you were referencing those were all different things that we saw from this Indiana offense. And so I think uh, I saw a lot of things that I liked offensively. And, again, Indiana scores. Again, Maryland. But it is progress, Ryan. Yeah, and who would have thought after the last two regimes we'd be saying, oh, thank God there's a there's a, a dribble handoff weave at the top of the key. Oh, God, we needed that. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that you also saw some block-to-block screening. Yeah. Uh, a little more than they've been doing instead of just having the post guy run down and get positioned. You saw some block-to-block screening. Um, you saw some cuts across UCLA cuts, as you said. And and I think that also in the second half, as you said, when, when Xavier Johnson started to take over, you don't need as much movement when you're actually cutting them up in driving lanes. You don't want that movement because it can crowd the paint, actually. And you want them to collapse with your guys spread out. And that's, that's what leads to that spacing that you need. Um, so basically, the, I, I think our problem with the offense has been that the point guard has to dominate for it to work, and and it ha- that hasn't been happening. Xavier Johnson has o- overall played pretty well this year in general, but he's not able to dice up every single defense he faces. And a lot of times, when you face a team with a really good rim protector, they're not afraid of him going into the going into the paint. So therefore, they don't collapse defensively. When you get a team like Maryland that collapses defensively, that opens everything up for you and opens the offense to what it's supposed to be. So in the first half, when Xavier Johnson especially was on the bench, you know, he only played seven minutes in the first half. It's crazy he scored as much as he only played seven minutes in the first half. They did move. And after Trace Jackson Davis got his second foul, I thought the offense moved way better because I feel like there's a tendency, and I don't know if this is by design or if this is just the way guys are when they just – throw it into Trace Jackson Davis and stand around and wait for him to do something. I think is a lot of times what this offense gets caught into. He went to the bench 
And I felt like the offense flowed a lot better. I thought that guys moved a lot better. And I thought they played better offensively and defensively because I think they almost had to ratchet their game up a little bit, knowing that they didn't have the big bad guy behind them. Now, the last five minutes of the first half didn't play particularly well, took some rush shots, did miss some open three pointers, as you noted, coach. Um, but at the same time, I, I thought that for a stretch there, they played really well and got a lot of movement and got a lot of open shots out of the offense something we haven't seen very much. I feel like progressively they've been doing more of that, uh, almost like they've kind of gotten the message that they need to do more movement on offense. But I, I do feel like you're right. I, I feel like that really got ratcheted up in, at the uh, about the middle of the first half. There was movement. And early in the first half, there was some as well. The, the nice thing about that, Ryan, is you had to once he uh, Xavier went out uh, with the foul because you really didn't have a point guard uh, or a downhill guy to go off those ball screens. So you had to have some more action, a floppy action or X action where the guards crisscross underneath and get pin screens. You're referencing that block-to-block stuff. Uh, I just thought it was really well organized and executed for the most part, uh, short of uh, some key turnovers at key key points that, that led to some uh, points um, for, for Maryland. So, uh, Kathy, uh, your thoughts on, on what you saw offensively tonight from the Indiana Hoosiers? Yeah, I, I had a number of um, moments that I wrote down around really good ball movement, and I thought a lot of nice passing from some of our big guys. Um, I had two two plays in particular in that first half that Durr first found race down low, um, race went up and got um, a bucket. Durr had, right had some good minutes. Really good minutes. In that first half, yeah, and then didn't play in the second half. But <laughs> in the first half, he looked great. And, um, and you know, right after that, um, we get the ball back and he finds Leal for an open three to go up 18 to 28. Um, the unfortunate thing with that Leal shot was it was our last one in the half mm-hmm. at 448 until um, Miller Cop left, um, made that uh, that nice little two-pointer with, what, five seconds left to go. So that was that was a little nerve-wracking to see us in the, the half that way and then for us to come back out and we immediately give up a three at the beginning of the second half for, to let them tie it. I got a little nervous with that, you know, five-minute or so stretch at the end of the first half leading into the second. But, boy, we really turned around, you know, as I mentioned in my opening marks, we, we missed our first two shots in that second half. But then made 12 in a row and just we lit it up and we got on fire and we haven't seen that. And, and again, like I, I look at the, the numbers and I know we'll get into the stats, but I still it feels like we should have had way more assists than it looks like in the there. And it just as as uh, Jared likes to say, it viscerally felt like we had a lot more assists than this box score showed up outside of X. But I thought the ball was moving really nice. Um, and I, I did enjoy, too, a couple of passes that I saw TJD get it down low, get double teamed. And instead of trying to force it in, he he went back out and he threw one out to X a couple of times. Then X ended up driving. So, of course, that was an assist. So there are a lot of plays like that where they don't show up in the, the box score per se. But it was just really great ball movement, I thought, that led to baskets by opening the floor more. And the key going forward, I think, is when it comes down to crunch time against some better opponents and you're up two or three, continue that ball movement, continue that player movement. I thought I know TJD struggled tonight, and we can talk about that, but they did try to get him on the move. They got race on the move, too, as X was coming down off a ball screen. We call it C cuts, or he would cut from block to block, and he was wide open to get some dump-off passes uh, from X. So I thought overall, offensively, it was just fun to watch tonight. And in the last two nights, uh, even in the loss to Ohio State, I thought 
Indiana was trying to do some different types of actions, whether they are set plays for certain people or just moving people and taking what, what happens off that movement. That's a good thing. The second storyline that I'd like to get your opinions on, and we'll start back with you, Kathy, is I thought the bench play was really key. You had Xavier with two fouls at the seven-minute mark, and you had Trace at 10-21 of the first half, both going to sit, um, and Indiana extended the lead short of that that poor end to the half, but Durr had good minutes. Geronimo was active and did some good things. He made a few mistakes, had the shot of the year uh, yeah. off a <laughs> rebound slamming the ball. And I, Anthony that's Leo. That's a shot you never make. Like, I know, you know, yeah, exactly. You practice it all the time and at the end of practice. And I just <laughs> thought Anthony Leo did some really nice things off the bench. And Tamar didn't really get a lot of stats, but Tamar's starting to feel like he can play a little better and he's confident. And and I really like I really like enjoying – or I'm really enjoying watching the bench play. Kathy, your thoughts on Indiana's bench play? I thought it was very, very vital tonight. Yeah, I do too. I mean, our bench outscored them 8 to nothing in the first half. Um, so, and of course, you know, we, we know that the name of the game is getting the ball in the hoop, but there's a lot more to it than just scoring baskets. And I, I thought to your point, um, like I mentioned already, the couple of door shots that we had, I mean, I don't know how you don't get excited about a Jordan Geronimo rebound slash basket. Cause that's what he got credit for. It was a dribble, was, was it was a dribble into the hoop. <laughs> right. The ball went through the hoop. Second. That was, I've never seen anything like that. It was crazy. Um, I don't know how you don't get excited about that kind of play. The the thing for me, and I, I guess maybe coach, I'll, you know, I'll ask you about this too. I, I thought we'd see more of them in the second half. So X played seven minutes, sat because of foul trouble. And then again, he ended up playing the full 20 minutes. And I remember what at the minute and a half mark, we're up 15 and he literally brings Miller cop back in with a minute and a half to go. And we're up 15. I didn't understand why we all of a sudden had four starters back there on the, the court, especially because our bench did play well. You know, you mentioned, um, Leal, that again, like he uh, he ended up with that three pointer, and but he had nice movement and he was screening well. And um, Bates looks like he's got confidence shot. It didn't go down for him tonight. He ended up with just the one made field goal, but he looks still confident taking that. And I, I didn't think their defense was really that that bad either. So I was really surprised when we didn't see much bench playing that second. Real quick, and I know Ryan wants to comment. One, when X is playing like he's playing, you're not gonna there's some there's some minutes you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna get. And then um Race was playing well too, short of a couple passes yeah. that he made. Race had nineteen points. So, you know, I can understand yeah, it. I, but I, I thought that same thing with Leo, but he trusted Leo down the stretch when it was finishing time. Right. Did you notice that Leo came in at eight yeah. minutes? And so that yeah, was a sign too. And Geronimo got a little bit of run. Bates got a little bit of run. The only one who sat in the second half that I thought played well was Durr. Durr um, yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes when your yeah. studs have to sit out, they're going to get major minutes in the second half. So I didn't have an issue yeah. like I have had in the past with that. And obviously when you win, you don't have as many, many issues I with the yeah. rotation. I look, look. I thought, yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, let me just say that I, I do think I get Race was playing great, Xavier was playing great. They both played the full second half. I do think you need to steal minutes for them at some point, even if it's you True. take them out in a stoppage before the under eight or something. Two minutes, and get a minute and, and a half. That. Yeah, I think you need to do that. I, I You know, this team has been and, – and it worked out tonight. So, I mean, you know, but I he's done this a lot this year of just leave guys in for 19 minutes of the second yeah. half. And we have – part of the reason you've seen Indiana collapse late you look and you see these guys are exhausted. There was a game race Thompson was barely making it up the floor. Uh, you know, and Trace Jackson Davis start, you know, loses his concentration at the free throw line late. Uh, I mean, you've seen that. And and so I do think that it needs to be a habit, even in a, a game you're winning, 
of trying to build in breaks for these guys so they can finish strong. Now, they finished strong tonight, so you know the, the criticism doesn't hold tonight. But when you've got a competent guys behind them, I mean, Geronimo could have played more than five minutes in the second half. He absolutely could have. You wonder uh, if that's so, some of the late-game struggles yeah, in Durr, these tight games. Durr, Durr was, was pretty darn good. Tonight he missed one shot, you know that I think he took too early. Probably should it was a, a he hit the front of the rim. I thought his, the defender was in good position. He should have kicked it out, and reposted. Um, but other than that, he was passing the ball well. He's he's kind of skilled and he gets in the way a lot defensively. You know, I mean, he's seven footer doesn't block shots, but he gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I he do think you need not. to rely on your bench. Like the bench had zero points in the second half. I do think you need yeah. to rely on them a little bit more. Bates and Leo got some run. Uh, in the second half, and he did trust Leal in winning time over Parker Stewart for a long yep. stretch. So, um, and then Leal made that that turnover late, or, or Bates made that turnover late against the press, and, and you saw Parker come back in. But I do think that that Woodson, you know, it's late in the season; these guys are going to be worn down a little bit. I think he needs to rely on the bench a little bit more and build in two minutes here for Trace, two minutes here for Race. You know, maybe an extra. I know Johnson, you know, with no backup point guard, essentially, it's hard to take him out. But you've got to find ways to, to maybe build in a little bit of, of extra rest. Now, again, didn't it, it paid off tonight. Um, but you've seen their late game struggles. And I, I you know, if you're struggling and you and the other team makes a run late and you're tired, it's really hard to get back up and focus. Yeah. Yeah, those are exactly a lot of the points I was going to make. I know, coach, you're like, oh well, X is playing that well. You don't take him out. But I also I think you've got to find a way to steal him. He played all 20 minutes in the second half. And I understand how well he was playing. But when you have that big of a lead, you've got to find a way, don't you, to steal minutes here and there. And and that that was my point with the bench. And to Ryan's point, we, we yeah. outscored them 0-8 to eight in the first half, and then they outscored us 11-0 to zero in the second half. So You, you guys know, make I, good points, gotta, but he had 13 minutes of rest in the first half and halftime. So, Fair. you know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, no, the question sure. becomes I, when I he plays. That. Yeah, when he plays more in the first half, you can't play him less, 18, 19 minutes. You're going to have to, you know, yeah. 16, no, 17 on, minutes keep him fresh is a very valid and, point. And honestly, yeah. Xavier tonight, it made sense to leave him in because the way he was playing yeah. and the rest he got in the first half. So that's not a complaint. I'm just, you know, yeah. in general in these games, that's what we've seen. And you especially know, when they play well. Nine, yeah, TJD playing 18, yeah. 19 yeah. minutes a half in, yeah. in both halves is it's too much. So. Coming up uh, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's uh, victory over Maryland, uh, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed. Then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 
Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Brian Tonsoni here with Ryan Phillips and Kathy Amos, and we're breaking down Indiana's victory tonight against Maryland. It's time now uh, for a meaningful moment uh, that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Man, I, I think there's a lot of meaningful moments tonight uh, in the game, but I'm going to focus on this one first, and then I'm going to let you guys uh, share share your moments. But there were two passes that Anthony Leo made tonight that were absolutely on point, firing diagonal passes through traffic that found its way. Did he get credit for all of those assists? I don't have the stats uh, up um, if he got both of those were made baskets. just one. Just one. But he had some incredible um, passes. And I'm just – the last couple games – Leo has been ready when his number's called, and that's what you want from an Indiana player. It has to be tough not getting a lot of run, but when he's got in there, I thought he's been outstanding. But those two passes, um, I thought, were really, really outstanding, um, visionary plays from from a guy who hadn't gotten a lot of minutes. Thoughts on Leo? Yeah, the fir- the one that that I loved was he. he you know, he, they kicked the ball in the corner for a three, and it was an open three, but he didn't catch the ball cleanly. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, 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 w- an immature guy would have just fired it up without a grip on it. There was a guy closing out hard to him. He said, nope, not taking this shot. I didn't catch it cleanly. Took two dri- took a couple dribbles towards the, the middle. He was, in the, he was in the left corner. Took a couple dribbles to the middle and fired a perfect pass to Ray Thompson for a layup. And that's maturity. That is a mature offensive decision. Instead of just, you know, launching a three that where you're not set for it. And I think Anthony Leal, Anthony Leal earlier in the season – maybe last year too, would have just fired that three because he feels the pressure to be a three-point shooter. And the whole crowd was yeah. upset that he didn't take <laughs> the shot. And it's, no, I don't have this. This is not going to work. I'm going to move. And because that guy closed out so hard, the defense started scrambling to get out to him. That left race Thompson open, perfect pass, and, and, a, and a finish for race. Uh, that's maturity. That is a mature offensive play. And you want to see more than that from this team, especially from the guys who aren't in their second year on, you know, aren't in their second year of college basketball. The guys who are older, you want to see more of those those types of decisions. Kathy, your thoughts on Leal's play tonight? Yeah, I thought Leal did all the things that don't show up in the stat line. Right, that that's the perfect example Ryan had, I, and I had had a similar one written down as well, where he passes up the three, um, and he passes it off to Race, who gets a, a layup. So he doesn't get credit for the assist. He ends up with only one. But if again watching the game it felt more than that and this is where um i think he's the type of guy where people will look at his stat line and not watch the game and they'll judge him by that and i i just that makes me sad when people do that and leo's a perfect example of that i enjoy watching leo all the time because you know as soon as he steps on that court he's going to give you 125 percent and he's going to go until he's taken out and when he's taken out he's going to give you 125 percent being the the big cheerleader on on the bench and so i love everything about anthony leo's game and just seems like a stand-up gentleman as well yeah and here, here's another one he he kind of struggled in the first half guarding the bounce but he kept chesting the guy and made it a difficult shot a couple times but the best defensive play that leo made uh, was at the eight minute mark when ayala their one of their best players was trying to crab dribble him down into the post and he just was very strong stuck his chest out uh and forced ayala to travel 
And, and those are key moments because I, I don't have the score down, but it was 58-50. Well, it was 58-50 at the eight-minute mark, and that was the first play out of the timeout, and he comes down and makes a great defensive play. Again, that, that's not – that's not in the stat sheet. So, um, Ryan, I know you're thinking about another meaningful moment because it looked like I stole yours. Um, you did, but I've got, I've got. Okay, one. we'll go to you then for yours. <laughs> okay. and then, then we'll go to Kathy for hers. Uh, at at nine fifty three, uh, the it, uh, Julian Reese uh, scored a bucket uh, to make it fifty three fifty. Xavier Johnson came down, hit a three, and then they stole the ball, and then he got a steal. On the breakaway, he could have gone up and finished this or tried to finish it, but he would have gotten fouled, probably ended up at the free throw line or missed it, got blocked, whatever. He laid it off to Miller Cop, who had a wide open dunk. That made a 58 50. Uh, after that, Maryland never got closer than six points. Uh, that breakaway and that decision to be unselfish there got an easy bucket. Instead of a free throw line, you never know what's going to happen with this team. When you go to the free throw line, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so you got the sure points by laying it off instead of going for it yourself. And, you know, cop finished with the dunk. And, and I think that that sequence there with that made three and then that breakaway, that steal by Xavier and then that layoff for the dunk was, was the biggest sequence of the night because Maryland, that, that basically with 827 left, they were down eight points. Um, they wound up getting a, a two-pointer from Fats Russell that I don't know how it went in on a step back. But after that, Xavier made two free throws. Uh, uh, race had a bucket. Like it just – they extended the lead out to – to four to to twelve and and really held it about there for the rest of the game. But that those two back to back plays uh, by X, I think, really sealed the game. And you know what's so good about that uh, from my vantage point was that he threw it back instead of across because that defender was not committed to him. He could have played either X is drive and fouled, or if he dishes off across the lane, could have blocked or fouled, and you're going to the foul line, exactly as you said. But he knew the advantage was that guy couldn't stop and guard Miller Cop. He made the right decision, and he had good vision on the break, but those are key moments. Kathy, your meaningful moment. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go back to the start of the game and, and uh, go back to the 1915 mark at the beginning where we actually had really good defense to start off and stopped um, Maryland from scoring. And then we went back down on the other ends and TJD found race wide open for a two. Uh, and that I, I go back to that because I wrote down, is this going to set the tone? Are we going to have good defense and are we going to have good ball movement? And I thought both of those actually came to fruition in this game. Um, in particular, the passing. I mean, we talked about that. Um, we had, at, you know, or being aggressive in general, because we followed up soon after that, 1711, uh, cop passed it up a, a three pointer that he probably could have shot, maybe not the best, but he ended up driving and uh, making two. So I thought that that play from, from Miller cop also showed some, some nice, uh, again, just like basketball IQ to not force the shot and seemed to be like we were flowing more tonight instead of playing tight and forcing it. Um, I, you know, there is a number of times we have, uh, I already mentioned a couple of passes from Durr, but it, you know, about 10 and a half minutes left in that first half as well. Jordan Geronimo, um, takes tips the ball out to um, Parker Stewart, who drives the ball. He didn't get the shot, but it was called um, goaltending, so he gets the bucket there. So, again, just a lot of good heads-up basketball IQ plays, I thought, from our big guys in particular. So that's why I wanted to point out the the TJD um, and then Durr, I had already mentioned, with a couple of really great passes from him in that first half, and then Jordan Geronimo. So those are a couple from the first half that I had written down. Let, let's talk about the defense because it's been just a, a, a really good, solid – part of this Indiana basketball team this year. But I thought tonight was another uh, example of, of defense really setting the tone. And 
you know, you withstand a Fats Russell where he just, you know, guys are going to make shots. Some guys are tough shot makers, and when they have it that night, they're going to make your defense look that way. But, again, only giving up 64 points when a guy's going off is, is solid. You mentioned the early stop at the 1915 mark, but there was a time when uh, I think Maryland only scored two points over 11 minutes uh, inside the game. The, the defense has just been a, a pleasure. You got shot blockers inside. You got, you know, Race does a really outstanding job positionally uh, and blocking shots, getting steals, and he's just the junkyard dog on defense. It Race is, is unbelievable, man. Yeah, it is he just is. fun to watch this team guard um, in most games. So, Race works so damn. I know, I know TJD gets the credit for the blocks or anything. Race is a better defender than TJD. Yeah. He just is. Positionally, he's always in the right place. He helps everybody else out. If you ever see Race, you know, closing out hard and, and you know not being there for a three-point shot, that's because he was helping someone else. It's never because he lost his guy, you know, on that. And, and against Ohio State, I know, in that main play against EJ Liddell, he got lost and 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 had done. But Mike Woodson ripped into him because he never does that. So, like, why did it happen this time? That was sort of the reaction. And right. Race just works his tail off at all times, and it's so impressive to watch. And, you know, TJD flies in for the weak side blocks or whatever, but most of the time he's able to do that because Race has good position on his guy, and, you know, TJD can leave his. And and so <laughs> to look at the points in the paint, 44 for Indiana and 24 for, for Maryland, it was just a great job of keeping them out of the lane, first of all, uh, with the on-ball defense, and secondly, you know, discouraging – those shots with race and trace on the inside and Durr when he was in there as well, had had a couple nice plays where guys ran into the lane, went into the lane and he just didn't give him a spot to take the shot. Yeah. I think we need to talk a little bit more about race. We haven't mentioned him a whole lot, but he had a fantastic game. We don't win this game without him. Right. And it's, and it's, it's because he's become it one quiet, of the, right? Yeah. yeah it, was. it was a quiet 19 points, but it, it, it's almost like we are just, you know, again, we're coming to expect that of him. And so maybe we're not giving him the, the love that maybe he should deserve. I mean, he's 19 points on nine to 12 shooting. Uh, I just, I, th- I thought race was fantastic tonight. You know, it's to the point where when he does make a mistake, you're shocked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He, he's so yeah. good. Oh, well, and he, he makes, a, he makes a lackadaisical like- pass and you're like, race did that oh. you know it's yeah. just you don't expect race to ever make a mistake because he just plays so hard it, it's yeah. just it's just great all right let's go inside the numbers uh, this segment is sponsored by the power rank where our friend ed uses data and analytics to make accurate football and college basketball prediction he also writes an incredible march madness guide every year which will have a special offer for you once march rolls around for now if you want sports betting advice advice with a PhD edge, or if you just like understanding sports at a more analytical level, you should subscribe to Ed's free newsletter. Go to thepowerrank.com backslash AC to subscribe. That's thepowerrank.com backslash AC. Okay, let's dissect the numbers that tell the story of this game. And for me, uh, and we'll start with you, Kathy, I'll just go 59.6 shooting from the field, led by yeah. Xavier Johnson, 7 for 7, Thompson, 9 for 12. When you are taking good shots in rhythm um, and shots that you expect to make, you're going to make a lot more. And in this five-game losing streak, the offense has really struggled. And and early in the losing streak, we thought it was uh, movement and execution and play design. Later in the streak, it was just shot-making all of those things seem to be working tonight uh, against Maryland, and let's hope that's a sign for it to continue. But for me, the 
from the field, 38.5 on limited numbers of threes. Indiana only hit five threes, uh, 15 assists. Those numbers speak uh, why Indiana was able to put up 74 points. Y- your thoughts on our, our shooting performance, Kathy? Yeah, um, I already mentioned it once. And I'm just going to repeat it because it's just fun to say. 75% field goal shooting in the second half. I, I I don't think we'll ever see numbers like that again. I get that. But my goodness, how fun. Maryland shot 50% too. Hey, the shots yeah, were going down in the second half. Yeah, they were going There are all it's kinds so, of bounces yeah. tonight too. That Maryland yeah. had that yeah. three right after <laughs> – Right uh, after Jordan Geronimo's right? rebound shot. <laughs> what do you um, contribute, yeah. uh, both of you, what do you contribute to shooting? Uh, yeah, just confidence, think, just a better focus, better offensive movement. Well, what would you think from viewing the game tonight was the reason Indiana uh, shot the ball the way they did? I, I think it was shot selection. I think they were a lot easier shots. We didn't overshoot the three, only 13 three-pointers, and, and they were easier shots. We were, it, it, you know, Ryan's mentioned this a couple of times, and I think I'll repeat it again, 44 points in the paint, and then another, um, what did we have, 13 points from the foul line. So we were driving the ball, we were getting the ball in the paint, and we were making the shots too. Um, let me quickly look at what our layups were, but I th- think they were actually pretty good this time. Yeah, 12 of 13, according to the – the stat line. So, you know, in, in, in other games in the past, we've seen that layup number not be 12 of 13. So I think just in general, for me, I thought it was ball movement that led to better slots, shot selection and easier shots that um, that just went down for us tonight. Ryan, you're the shot doctor. Why did the shots go in? Shot selection is, it, it, Kathy nailed it. I, I just thought they were either getting layups or they were getting, you know, good, clean looks and, and or floaters. You know, I, I just thought it was, and Xavier Johnson, I mean, just penetrating, op- as I said, opened the floor up. Um, also, Maryland's not very good. I yeah. think they kind of they kind of they, they won you know, two in a row and they took Purdue down the wire uh, a couple true, Sundays ago. I right? just felt like I just felt like they kind of wilted defensively in the second. This is the second half. I one long. They I think, first half too right i mean until they made that run you know yeah. with about seven or so minutes i felt like maryland looked unengaged on defense too but yeah. i don't want to take away from our offense because again yeah i think it was com- i think it was a combination of both and you know also I, I, the the stat i was going to point out coach was 12 or 13 on layups yeah. you know indiana made its layups and when it loses yeah. they go like four of 12 on layups you know and, and so I, that was the stat I was going to point out is they made their easy baskets tonight. And I think that had a lot to do with it. And there were easy baskets to be had. If Johnson is playing the way he is, the defense is going to help out on him and that's going to leave open players. And so yeah. I thought that was, was one of the biggest things. Also, you know, I, I love the 15 assists. We haven't seen the assist numbers up uh, in, in a while, 15 assists on 28 made field goals. That's more than 50%. Um, only 12 personal fouls. Now I know that that had to do with, you know, the, the way the game was called, Indiana can't really control that because I felt they played aggressive defense, but just not – you didn't see a lot of the silly fouls that you've seen from this team 35 feet from the basket, you know, bodying a guy 35 feet from the basket. Um, yeah. and, and only 11 turnovers was was another one. They kept that down despite the fact that they were moving the ball really well and moving the ball a lot and, and moving much quicker. Uh, so those were those are the stats that jumped out to me. Yeah, I, I had the turnovers too. Um, and in particular, the points off the of turnovers because I, I, you know, sometimes you can get 
force turnovers, they don't lead them into points. But we had we forced 16 turnovers or Maryland committed 16, however you like to look at it. But we turned those into 22 points too, um, versus the only the 10 points off a of turnover for Maryland as well. So that was a, definitely a stat. I'm sorry, I cut you off, Coach. No, I was just going to say about the turnovers, excellent overall numbers. But Indiana still needs to fix some of the nonchalant passing yeah. that happens. Like behind-the-back passes? The behind-the-back pass into a 3-2 zone by Miller Cop. Inexcusable. The sloppy yeah. uh, weave pass that led to a breakaway and then yep. an intentional foul, which, again, took a 10-point lead down. And luckily, they didn't convert all of that, or it could have been a tie oh. game at, at halftime, right? This drove, me, this drove me crazy. It was end of the first half. They drove up a play out of a timeout, and Tamar just drove it into three guys right. and, and lost the ball, and it was a breakaway. Yeah. So. So we only had 11 turnovers, but some of them were just careless. Uh, Race, as wonderful as Race was, had had one, uh, you know, thrown out of the post. Those things need to be fixed because I think those are some of the things that have hurt Indiana in late games. Yeah, uh, and what I was, uh, one key turnover, two key turnovers, because you don't get an yeah. attempt. It's one thing to go one of eleven down the stretch, and you had shots and you missed it. It's another thing when you have limited opportunities, uh, because and boy, it worried me that last four minutes because we had two key turnovers in in that, and they I don't think they cap- were they weren't aggressive. Capitalize. Yeah, they weren't aggressive. Um, so yeah. those are that's the one thing for, out of tonight that I'd say um, kind of needs to be addressed, even with the low numbers of turnovers. Yeah, that that last four forty eight in the first half that we mentioned where we didn't score again until a cop shot that bucket. We had five missed shots. There were two of them were three pointers, but we also had two turnovers in that four and a half minutes. So, you know, um, it's not just the number of turnovers, but it's the timing. Although I would like to know, are there ever turnovers coach that aren't careless? Yeah, there are from a, from a coaching standpoint, uh, a a screen, um, a drive down the lane where you make the right read, but the ball just ticks off the hands or it was a little bit low. The execution was poor, but the there idea was, one, was right. Um, there was one in the first half. We're on a breakaway. Xavier Johnson had Trace wide open and just threw it off his shoulder. It was just a bad angle, but it wasn't the wrong idea. Yes. He had the yeah. right guy. It right. just hit it hit it hit race awkwardly and it went sideways. You know, and, and it's aggressive. That's just bad luck, kind of. Yeah. If you're aggressively aggressive. throwing the pass and it, and it just you know you threw a little too hard it goes off a guy's hands and that's your but the nonchalant just little shoving shoveling that that weave pass from cop at the end of the half the defender was right there throw it to the outside hand throw it with some pace the behind yeah. the back stuff that that that's just too cool for school that's got to be eliminated in key moments because that's just a lost possession whether or not Maryland capitalized on it doesn't matter you're going to play at Minnesota Rutgers Purdue those things, I thought there were just too many of those. Uh, if we're looking for something, you know, to to pick on, I guess and that tonight. Pops at least third behind the back pass this year. One of them was good, so I guess maybe it got in his head that <laughs> that's the way to do it. Magic Johnson once held the record for most assists in the NBA, and, and he also had the most turnovers because he was being aggressive. So that that's an sure. example of you, you yeah. want – you know, like uh, X had three turnovers today. That's perfect because he was aggressive on offense. He yeah. got in the flow. He had six assists. Two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio is perfect. So you don't want people to play too safe, Kathy, either, no, and, and just keep and- the numbers low. But you don't want them to just jack around with the basketball. And I think right. we do. That's that little I, – I, I thought at one point at the end of the half that I'm like, this team's just soft. They don't have that killer instinct. They don't have that I'm going to throw the ball the right way. I'm going to take the shot. Uh, they have moments, lapses of softness. Uh, and it's hurt us recently. And I was just worried at the end of the first half that that was uh, creeping, um, creeping back up. But – 
Coming up here on Assembly Call, we hand out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award. Discuss any lingering questions uh, and look ahead to Indiana's next uh, opponent. That's all here uh, next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than handing a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. Thanks, Romeo. We're celebrating again. Uh, it's been a long time since January 28th, but you're listening to the assembly call uh, IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Brian Tonsoni here with Ryan Phillips and Kathy Amos, and we're breaking down Indiana's victory over Maryland tonight in Bloomington, and it's now time for our game balls. Kathy, lead us off. I think this is probably an easy one. I know he didn't play much in the first half, but I'm giving my game ball to Xavier. Uh, He was just everything in that second half we wanted. And even in his seven minutes, he did play outside of the ones, the one reach and foul is the only, I think, negative to his play tonight. Um, He had a couple of turnovers and even one of them, to your point, he was being aggressive and you could see he just wanted that back. But you can't, I mean, seven for seven, three for three from three point line and seven for eight with the, from the free throw line. I, I don't know how you ask any more from that, including six assists from your point card. Um, so easy for me. Um, give an X my ball, my game ball. Ryan. Xavier, no question. One of the easiest ones we've had all year. Uh, even though race had a great game. I mean, Xavier from the get go was the reason Indiana won this game. And, and not so much for his scoring either. I mean, his yeah. scoring was great, but what I loved was his direction of the offense. 
uh, if he is given the the reins to call stuff, I thought he called a better game. Uh, he also executed the middle ball screen to perfection by going off of it and attacking under control, playing off two feet. Uh, that dunk that he had was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you're going to let him get to the rim. He's going he's going to dunk on you. Uh, if you cut if you uh, cut in from the corners, he found Parker Stewart for Parker's only three. He would drive and and the big would help up and race would cut uh, block to block and he found race which made those layups, which we were 12 of 13 on layups, it made those layups and those short little floaters much easier when you don't have to go around people uh, as you do sometimes when you post up and and we've talked about Trace Jackson Davis going, you know, um, around people instead of getting good angles. It allowed our post players to, to get good angles. And I just thought he had poise. So the, so the, so I think uh, when he plays with poise, his athletic ability takes over and he's focused. Uh, he can be a, a one of the better point guards, I believe, in uh, the Big Ten. So uh, pretty unanimous. I think the chat mob uh, all does that race. Obviously, another outstanding uh, performance uh, as well. But now it's time for our Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calbert Cheney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention can cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Ryan... Who gets the Hoosier Hustle Award? Uh, it's got to be Race Thompson, I think. I mean, we could pretty much rename this after him uh, <laughs> when he leaves Indiana. Um, nine of 12 from the field, nine rebounds and assists. He did have two turnovers, but he just felt like he was everywhere on defense. And he played 38 minutes. I mean, and, and again, 19 and nine, and it felt quiet because Xavier Johnson was doing everything. But it just felt like everything was easy for him tonight. Um I just think that he uh, continues to be the engine that drives this team. He was plus 11 on the night, uh, which was tied with Xavier for the most. Xavier and Anthony Leal. Uh, flawed stat, of course, as we know, but the team is always better when races on the floor, and I thought he had uh, one of his you know, more determined performances of the season tonight. Kathy, who, who gets your hustle award? Yeah, it's race for me as well. I, I wrote his name down pretty early. He was going to get one of these two awards before X just went off in the second half for sure. Uh, yeah, I, again, race, we kind of talked about it. It seemed like a quiet 19 points. If you can call 19 points quiet, he just did, again, race things. And by far our most important, most important player we have right now. I'm just going to throw a vote out for Anthony Leal. Um, his ability to come in um, and, and – get some run at point guard uh, late in the second half. I know they tried Parker Stewart there uh, when X first went out, and, and he was struggling a little bit as, as Maryland went to a, a little bit of zone pressure in that first half. But I thought Anthony came in and was able to, to get Indiana into offense. We talked about those passes, his, his defense on, on Ayala, and even the times when he struggled defensively, he stayed with it, chested his guy up, and contested the shots. Uh, and I think uh, only one time when he got beat off the drive did they score. Uh, the rest were were missed shots that were cleaned up by race or or TJD, uh, and I just think that you guys both talked about his decision on the one pass where he gave up a three because he didn't. That's mental hustle. Um, you know, sometimes we talk about you know I talk a lot about fake hustle on on closeouts and things like that, but uh, your ability to think properly. Um, 
is a sort of a hustle out there, uh, and he really does that. You can tell he's an Indiana bas- uh, Mr. Basketball and, and played um, good high school basketball for a good high school coach because he maximizes his ability, and he's not afraid uh, to do do some of the little things. So I'll throw a vote out there uh, just so we can talk uh, about him again. So it's now time for any uh, lingering uh, questions. If you have a question uh, in the um, – uh, chat mob, go ahead and send it in. We'll try to keep track of that. And meanwhile, uh, Ryan, Kathy, do you have any questions you want to throw out uh, for the panel? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Um, what <laughs> What are your thoughts, Coach, on TJD's play here recently, specifically today? I, I know he ended up with 10 points, but only five rebounds. I felt, again, he was hunting blocks. He ended up with two of them. Um, it just, he had the one good game. I, my brain's escaping me, you know, just a couple games back where he had 30, but ever since um, it seems like around maybe the Nebraska game at Nebraska, it just seems like we've, we've kind of lost him and not to the all American status, the player that we've been seeing. So what, what are your thoughts on TJD? Um, TJD is not a back to the basket uh, basketball player in the big 10 with the size that's in the big 10. He, he can do some things with his back to the basket, but he's better off pick and rolls moves. The alley-oop dunk that uh, off the screen and roll where X came, throw it up to him. That's how he's going to get his points. Um, and I think teams have figured that out and now are allowing him to catch with his back to the basket and aren't br- sometimes bringing doubles. Some teams don't bring doubles. Uh, and I think it's really kind of messed with him um, because there's good coaches in the Big Ten. The thing I was happy about with TJD is sometimes when he gets those two fouls or he struggles early, it's hard for him to get back engaged when he comes in in the second half. And I thought he didn't let his first half foul troubles or his first half offensive troubles bother him. I thought he was active uh, in the shot blocking. I thought he had a really nice rebound late where he went up and and got some things. Uh, I was worried a little bit early in the second half because I didn't think he was in tune defensively early in the second half. Um, But players go through slumps, um, you know, just um, whether you're a baseball player, basketball player, and he might be in the middle of one where things just aren't going for him. And and what he's got to do is stay the course and believe in himself and and then find ways to to get some points, uh, make his free throws, uh, do those things. He's a heck of a talent. And when when he plays well, we're we're okay. And just like the Wisconsin game, he got 30. He just needs to be consistent, which has been a problem for a lot of uh, everyone who's not named Race Thompson on on his basketball team uh, probably needs to be uh, consistent. Um, So, you know, Uh you can lose a little confidence even if you're an All-American too in in what happens when when things are struggling. And when you're the main person on the scouting report, that's tough mentally night in and night out. So I was actually – I was actually happy with the way he responded in the second half and did a lot of the non-stat things tonight to help his team win. Uh, and all of this will just help free him up uh, a little bit more if they got a guard X on the scouting report and you know if, if you got you know some other players doing some things. Um, well, the other I, thing about TJD is when he's bad, he shoots a lot and has a low percentage. He only shot six times tonight. Now, again, you think he has to shoot more. You know, for Indiana to be great, but in 25 minutes he took six shots. He didn't force much because no. he yes. didn't need to. And I feel like that has a lot to do with it. You feel like when he's going bad, he forces bad shots, and and he's usually playing somebody bigger than him, and he's forcing bad shots around mm-hmm. guys instead of going over or through guys. Um, I agree that he's more of a he's more of a threat in a face up position. But as we've said, as Trace has said himself, that Woodson wants him to be a back to the basket guy. And okay. 
But at the same time, when you're facing Kofi Coburn, being a back to the basket guy is a dumb, yeah. you know, is, is a dumb strategy. When you're facing guys that are, you know, Zach Eady, it's a dumb strategy. And and so uh, I would say that I think that that he's at his best when he is picking his spots better than he is. But he can only do that if the guys around him play well. If nobody else is playing well, you've got to force feed Trace and try and get him to score. But when Johnson's playing the way he is, Trace can kind of pick his spots a little bit better. And I thought that's what he did tonight. Yeah, I, I thought the second half from Trace, actually, he did a lot of things that didn't show up. So even though, you know, it seems like he's struggling, and that's why I wanted to ask the question, I thought in particular the second half he didn't force things. And I was surprised to see he ended up with only a couple of assists because it felt like he had a lot more where he wasn't forcing it. He'd get, get the ball, he was double teamed, and he'd find an open player instead. And I think what was happening, they were driving, so he wasn't getting those assist numbers. But I thought he was impacting the game in non-stat line ways tonight. And so I, I'm fine with that is, you know, we didn't need him to be the scorer tonight and he wasn't forcing it. So um, we did have on a topic change from Brett Stallman. He wants to know thoughts on the auto bench with two fouls. It's a personal preference for a coach, um, especially if you're up 10. I think you, you keep guys on the bench a little bit longer when you decide not to auto bench is when the game could get away from you early in the first half. Um, and it comes down to knowing your players, too. Um, you know, you could have a good player and not trust them to get that third foul. But um, I, I know there's a lot of um, anxiety about it and everything. And if you develop your team, you should be able to withstand that in the first half. But the argument is you're benching them as a coach, not the fouls, uh, by, by sitting someone for 10 or, or 13 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but as you can see, having a fresh Xavier kind of helped tonight in, in some ways. So we're auto bench um, unless we get in trouble uh, and need someone and we feel the flow of the game is in jeopardy, then we'll put uh, our better players back in at, at our level. Uh, but, um, yes, yeah, so I'm okay with it. Jared, yeah. Jared is not. No, Jared is no. not. No, we're not sure about that. But I Jared agree. hates it. <laughs> I am too. And you know, X got his first or his second foul rather with 13 minutes left in that that first half. I don't think we could afford to have him get his third foul within that 13 minutes. Where I might have liked to see deviate from it is maybe call a timeout again during that run that uh, Maryland was having with the 448. You know, after that 448 mark, that might be a place where I would have liked to seen him come back in, perhaps, and and try to help thwart that run. We ended up um, going into halftime with only a three point lead, um, and I think there was probably a little nervousness, at least in my household, about that. But overall, I, I thought it was it was fine. We didn't, and TJD went out with 10 minutes left in that first half. But there's um, there's a good couple good questions about if Armand and L either combined or individually one of them would have stayed, what kind of impact would that have on the team? Ryan, um, your thoughts on that? Uh, first of all, I think I think Al needed to go get, you know, developed by a guy like Ed Cooley. Now, look, Al's shooting percentages across the board are down, but his points per game are up. Um, they're a very guard-heavy offense at Providence, and I think that he's – benefited from that maybe taking being able to take more shots armand franklin i think would have benefited from staying i understand why he wanted an, a, a change of scenery maybe to get out of indiana because he you know was an indiana kid and there's a certain amount of pressure on indiana kids we love armand um and again you're going to play for tony bennett who has won a national championship and and has had guards you know reach the pinnacle of college basketball um 
that said, uh, I think he would have really benefited from staying. I think that this more open offense would have been better for him. I think his shooting would have developed better than it has at Virginia. He has not shot the ball well. Uh, I thought his shot was on an upward tra- trajectory, but when you go to a new place and have to develop new, uh, you know, uh, with a new development uh, team around you and stuff like that, Indiana kept Cliff Marshall. They kept their their physical development program. So I, I think he would have benefited from staying. But again, when he left, it looked like, well, he's trading up by going to Virginia, quite frankly. And, uh, and I think that, you know, in a way, he's playing in the ACC, which is a great conference. He's playing for a team that won a national title a few years ago for a coach that won a national title. The move made sense, and, and they didn't have guard depth. And so the move made sense at the time. I do think that he would be a huge lift to this team, though, um, and would be uh, – and we honestly, we probably wouldn't have – it wouldn't have all the guys we do, though, if, if Armand was here because somebody probably would have left. It, it's a trade-off. Um, I think both of those guys would have been nice downhill um, yeah. options and, and where it would fit. Um, and I'm not judging their, their choice. I, I'm, I'm proud of those guys, and I, I wish them, them well. But, boy, it would have been nice to see X drive – they help off, you throw out, and if they close out, now now Franklin drives, uh, and then your post yeah. move, or L uh, drives. Now, maybe our shooting, the shooters we have are better, but the ability to shoot, they both could hit some threes and drive. It would have been really fascinating, I think, to see them play in a Mike Woodson uh, system where it is spacing and drive with heavy point guard, heavy post up. The one ability that we uh, have been lacking is that second side driver, um, where the ball gets kicked out, and if your if your shot is contested with a good closeout, right now Miller Cop and those guys are very limited off the drive. That's just not their game. It would be Al Durham's game, and it would have been uh, Armand Franklin's game. I, I think that would have been interesting uh, to see um, in, in this kind of offense. Yeah, and and look, I think that. Uh, if you ask both of them, they're probably happy with their decisions. Certainly, Al. I mean, Providence is playing great, um, but I do think that yeah, it would have been something that that certainly Armand would have benefited from. I think Al Al played his four years here, you know, and I think that that a change of scenery, especially when you're not from yeah. Indiana, he's from Georgia, you know. I'm just talking strategy, pure sure, what sure, Al sure. brings. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he would have been that slasher. That's what he's doing for Providence when I've watched yep. Providence games is he's slashing a uh, little pull-up twos, uh, tough shot maker, uh, and he did some of that when he was here. I, yeah, I, I have no – I'll night. never Made question – yeah, big shot, turnaround jumper uh, yep. on that, that backside. But um, from a pure X and O, I would have loved to have seen that kind of basketball player in this yeah. system in the first year. It's the system well. Yeah. I think both those players would have fit this system well because I think uh, defensively they would have gained from his knowledge and, and up their defensive ability uh, and also been able to, to do some things uh, offensively. Any other um, questions um, that you guys have, lingering questions? Obviously the, the one lingering question is, yeah, are, yeah. is Indiana going to make travel. the tournament? You know, oh, yeah. um, and I think <laughs> – we just gotta. We really won't know until the regular season is over. If Indiana wins the next two, um, and, and whatever happens at Purdue, if they win at Purdue, I, I'm going to say they're going to be in. Uh, if yes. they win the next two and lose at Purdue, then I think there's still more possibility of more work needs to be done, depending on the other teams, um, the other teams on the bubble um, where, where they're they're at. Um, 
A few people have Indiana in the play-in on a 12 seed, and a lot of bracketologists have Indiana in the first four out. So they're, they are, are very much right there. Um, the Big Ten tournament's going to seem more and more important that for a game or two um, for, for Indiana's selection. That's just, that's just where we're at. Um, so I, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, my only my lingering question is probably a lot more short term. And is this going to carry up to Minnesota? <laughs> like, I, That's I good point. Just, That's a great question. Like, I don't even want to think about Purdue on the road. I, I like I just want to see, can they take this? We finally get our first win in the month of February, which is so sad. We're here with the 24th of February. It's like it's 24 days plus to get our win. We, we need to see if we can build some momentum up before I am at all concerned about if we can go up to Purdue and do this. I mean, we got let's show that we can go up to the barn and do it. Uh, very good point because Indiana needs to string good play together. <laughs> one, one one game is not reason to, is to to say Indiana is in, in a in a great position. So, okay, it's yep. time for uh, um, our last call. I think I got to read here. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code Home uh, at checkout for fifteen percent off your first order. Okay, it's time for last call, Kathy. Um, what are your closing thoughts on tonight's victory over Maryland? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm going to kind of piggyback off what I was just talking about. It was great to finally see our first win here in February in Big Ten play, and I, I really just want to see us um, carry this momentum over. I, I don't expect to have a shooting night like we did again tonight. You know, 60% from the field um, I, I think is, is not something we could recreate, but it showed that we have the ability to have a good offense. Now, again, you take that with a grain of salt for who your opponent is and all of that, all those caveats. But I would hope that this is going to give them the confidence to understand what the, the system is, understand they can do it and understand they can score. Uh, and, and let's see, can they get over this hump that they over, or is this going to be a blip in the road and we, we drop back down. So uh, I'll be very curious and always optimistic and positive going into the next game. Ryan, last, last thoughts. This night belonged to Xavier Johnson. Um, let's not forget that. It's, it's a win to stop a losing streak. You, you didn't beat a great team, but you won. And, and every win in the Big Ten is to be celebrated. Um, what I will say is this team needs to, as it hasn't really done very much this season, is deal with the success and, and move forward uh, in a positive way. And, and they have to go to the barn and win. I mean, that is a must, 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 must win. You lose that game, I mean, coach, is the season over? I mean, the tournament basically goes out the window if you yeah. lose to Minnesota. And it's a road game, and this team has not played well on the road this year very often. So they need to carry this feeling, bottle this up, and move on and, and be able to, to to throw it down. You know, it, with all the positives tonight, they still only won by 10. And, and, and a 10.1 is great. Don't get me wrong, but – this is a bad Maryland team. You've got to be able to put them away. And we saw at the end of the first half, really struggled to put them away. Second half at times, struggled to shut them down. Finally linked in the lead at the end, put it away happily. They've got to build on this and get better, though. This isn't a – This isn't a. Uh, everything's great because they beat Maryland by 10. No, they need to build on this and continue to improve and make sure you can you know, do the same thing to Minnesota and then against Rutgers, build on that. Do it to Rutgers, you know, a better team. You've got to start building on some of the success uh, when you do have it. And, and uh, they can't relax. 
they can't relax. It's it's uh, it's all hands on deck right now for the rest of the season. Everybody's got to be at their best, and and everybody's got to step up when somebody isn't at their best. Somebody else has to step up and and come through. Xavier Johnson stepped up and came through tonight, uh, and he needs to continue to do so. And guys like Grace Thompson, Trace Jackson, Davis, Parker Stewart's got to hit more more of those shots when he gets them. Everybody's got to continue to step up down the stretch. I, I think that's very, very important, Ryan. You can't just count on your point guards going off. Rob against Purdue, you know, Xavier tonight, or, or, or Trace Jackson Davis. You want to have some balance. Did have two outstanding scoring performances tonight. That That's nice to have. But you want to see everyone playing their best basketball, regardless of stats. So Parker Stewart needs to shoot. We need guys coming off the bench to play well. We had a lot of that today uh, from a lot of players. But you still want to see it. You still want to see it on the road. And, and it still needs to uh, carry forward into the next game. So that's going to um, do it uh, for us tonight uh, on the postgame show. Um, if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design. Dot com for designing our logo and thank you for listening we'll be back to talk iu hoops again with you on sunday night until then take it from me jordan halls keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers thank you thanks for coming out all right i gotta get out of here folks thank you hey and the show's over here i come <laughs> coach tonsoni and also just a real quick plug if i can for me and jeff <laughs> the women do play yet so we we have a game tomorrow night our last regular season game against maryland so um it, it doesn't um impact big 10 regular season standings anymore that's kind of slipped away from us today however it does have a big impact on our potential seeding in the big 10 tournament so we lose that game we have a real possibility of having the fifth seed overall um, we win the game. We um, most likely get that double bye, which is important, especially with as much as they've been playing. So just putting a plug in there for our women playing tomorrow night. Um, and then Jeff and I will be going live after that as well. So if you don't have anything to do on a Friday night, um, please check out our, our women and then come hang out with Jeff and I in, in the live chat there too. And it doesn't hurt to hang out with Kathy as much <laughs> as you might might think. But Kathy and Jeff are doing <laughs> doing a great job with the Doing the Work podcast. We thank you, Kathy and Jeff, um, when you listen to the podcast. Thank you for doing that, and congratulations to the women. I know it's been a struggle here uh, down the stretch, uh, but the, a lot to play for yet uh, on, on the women's side. And thanks to Ryan and Kathy. Appreciate you guys. And, again, everyone in the chat mob, thank you. Uh, for joining us. Uh, it's nice to do so again uh, with a win. So uh, you play Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, they play Minnesota it's Sunday, and then Rutgers is Wednesday next week. All right. We'll see everyone on Sunday. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.